can see now with open eyes 
darkest water and deepest pain I wouldn't trade it for anything cause my brokenness brought me to you and these wounds are a story you'll use so I'm thankful for the sky Cause without them I wouldn't know your heart And I know they'll always tell of who you are So forever I am thankful for the scars Now I'm sending in confidence the strength of your faithfulness and I'm not who I was before but amen we're glad to be in the house of God this morning amen, amen. it's cold outside but it's warm in the house of God amen I, I bumped the heat up just a couple extra degrees <laughs> this morning it is cold outside but I'm so glad that you're able to be here I know that there's several that's not here due to sickness Due to the cold, things of that nature, there's not going to get out in that, so I understand that. Uh, and they've joined us on live stream. Thank them so much for being with us today. We want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to touch and minister. We do have several connected with the church that are sick. want to hold them up to God in prayer. If you have a prayer request, would you let, me, let it be known by lifting your hands. Let's all stand. Those that have joined us on live feed, text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744. I want to share with you something, and I may share this several Sundays in a row, may read this to you, but I want you to, I want you to understand something before we go to God in prayer. We do not sing because we need a warm-up before the sermon. We do not sing so people will get, have time to get to their seats. We do not sing because we need entertainment. We come to the house of God and sing praises because we know that God is good. We come to the house of God and sing praises to God because we know that God is worthy. Amen. We sing because it's a communal act of unity in which we declare the glory of God, the gravity of sin, and the grandeur of grace. I'm so glad to know I once was a sinner but now I'm a child of God because of the grace of God. And because of that, that's why I come to the house of God to sing. That's why I come to worship our Heavenly Father. Amen. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today. Again, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you. Father, I know it's cold outside, but I'm so thankful that we're able to gather into this building with heat and able to come in to worship and magnify you. Father, you see those that have joined us this morning, those that are in-house. I pray, Father God, that you'll touch and minister to their hearts and lives. Give them the encouragement that's needed. Bring reinforcements into their lives. I know they're facing things. They're facing problems. They're facing difficulties of life. But, God, I know that you're able to move and minister in a mighty way in our service this morning. You see those that have joined us on live feed. I pray, Father, that you'll move and minister in a mighty way in their lives. Give them encouragement that's needed this very day, this very hour. 
And God, I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do in our midst. In Jesus' precious, holy, and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Would you give God a great hand clap of praise and let's worship in song this morning. Amen. Amen. Yes, let's worship him. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Because I'm glad I ended up where I'm at now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship him some more. We have come into his house.
joy to 
your hands this morning. Let's just worship him. Let's worship him today. He is our king. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today. Again, thank you. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you. Father, I know there's distractions. I know there's things on every side. But God, I know that you're our king. I know you're our redeemer. And God, to this morning, I pray that you'll move and minister in the remainder of this service. Let your Holy Spirit touch and minister the hearts and lives of each one. We forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you give God a hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning? God is good, amen? Amen. Again, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you to those that have joined us on live feed. It's cold outside. Woke up this morning and it said it was 10 degrees outside. I said, mmm. I was supposed to say I need to go back south, but it was just as cold in Mobile as it was here. We got snow in Mobile and Pell City didn't in some places. That's was wild, but I'm glad to be back. We're glad to be back home, and I'm glad to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. I know that there's some not here due to the cold, due to sickness, due to different things, and I just want, I'm just glad that you are here with us today. Amen. We've been talking started in. Uh, started January the 7th, the first Sunday of this year, started talking about more in 24. We started talking about how that we want more of God to move. We want God to move more. We want God to touch more. We want God to minister more. We want more of God in our lives. And we quoted the passage of Scripture that said, if we want more of God, it's more of God and less of us. Amen? Too many times, do you know what gets in the middle of all of, God's pro, all of God's plans, all of God's situations, all of God's things? I do. I get in the middle of a lot of things that God has planned, God has, has functioned in our lives. Do you know how I do that? And I'm not talking about just me. I'm talking about every one of us that can say I, right? Every one of us get in the middle of God's plans. Do you know how we do that? We look at what we see, we look at the things that's going on, we look at what's happening, we look at those things and we think, oh, this has got to be the best route, this has got to be the best thing, and we don't pray about it, we don't seek God, and guess what? God's not in the middle of it. God, help, God tells us that He will send the Holy Spirit before us and He will come behind us, amen? He'll be on the right side and on the left side if we stay in the will of God. I had somebody tell me several years ago, they said, oh, the Bible says God's going to give us the desires of our heart. My desire is this. I told y'all, I've told y'all before, Ronnie, poor old Ronnie. Ronnie would constantly tell me, I want, so his desire was, I want, Brother Bob, he wanted a red Ferrari. The next day, you know what he wanted? A monster truck. Do you know what he wanted next week? That red Ferrari again. Then every once in a while it was yellow. I don't know what it can be. But those were things, but guess what? He did not have the finances to get that. So guess what? He never got any of those things, right? But we always think about this. We think about and we say, well, the desires of my heart is this, or the desires of my heart is that, and if God's going to give me the desires of my heart, he's going to put the finances there. He's going to put this thing in place. He's going to put this... But nobody remembers the rest of that verse when it goes on and it says, 
that we are the rest of the scriptures around that where it says that we've got, our desires have got to line up with His. Amen? Our, the things in our lives have got to line up with God. I may want these things. I told y'all, this is when I graduated high school. That was just a couple of years ago. When I graduated high school, I, my desires, my plans, my actions, my thought process was, is I was going, I was going into school to, I was going to college business administration, major in accounting, minor in tax, uh, basically it had a big old long word, tax fraud. That's where I was going into college and I was going to work. An accountant friend of mine had an accounting firm, did he not? He, Sister Carrie will tell you, he had an accounting firm and he wanted me, he wanted me to go to work with him. He was gonna, he, I was going to go to college, I was going to work for him, and then it, he was going to be able to retire. I think he wanted to have retired by now. What do you think? But guess what? He's still working. Why? Because Andy didn't follow through with that. Do you know why? Because God had a different plan. God had a different purpose. God had a different route for me to go. Some people might call that seasons and changes of things in life, but guess what? I need you to understand something. God has never changed. God's never changed. How many of you change? I'm going to be very careful on this. And how many changed socks this morning from yesterday? I hope you did. I hope I seen every hand raised. I hope you changed socks from yesterday, okay? If you didn't, leave your shoes on. I'm just sitting here telling you. I don't mind telling you right now. I got two pair of socks on. My feet stay cold above anything else. I, my feet are cold. Tonight, I'm going to change socks. We change socks. We change clothes. We change our shoes all the time. But here's the thing about it. God's plan for your life has not changed. Do you realize that? My thought process was I was going into accounting. That's what I was going to do. I was going to help my friend. I was going to help run his business. And eventually he was going to retire. And it was going to be mine. And I was going to be making this boo-coodles of money. That's what I was looking at, dollar signs. I mean, he knows that's exactly what a lot of folks are looking at, right? Those that's in high school, those that just started college, you're looking at those things. But here's what we've got to realize and understand is it's not about that, but it's about following the will of God. And when we do that, God is going to take care of the desires of our heart. The mystery of humanity, the mystery of human life, that is one of the biggest aspects that the world has never figured out. There's different things. I'm going to bring that up over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to bring this out. I'm going to give this to you now. You gnaw on it, chew on it, spit it out, pick it up, chew on it again. I need you to understand something. People are all the time talking about that I need to trust in myself. I need to trust my gut. I need to trust my heart. I need to trust my mindset. I need to trust the, my way of thinking. I'm going to tell you something. All of those things are wrong. The Bible tells us plainly that we need to trust in God. The Bible also tells us that the heart is evil above all things. The heart is evil above all things. I have I, I, people who come to me, I'm just following my heart. I'm following my heart. I know what they're talking about, but we've got to understand words do matter. It's not about what you're following after, but what we're needing to understand is I need to follow after God. Amen? I need to follow the will of God for my life. But I've, I've got to make sure that my life is laid out like He's wanting it laid out. 
That's why I want more of God in my life. I know I'm 44 years old, and it, it, people say, well, your life should be stationary. Your life should be planned out. You've got things going. No, I'm going to tell you something. God's got greater things going in all of our lives. Amen? This year is greater than it was last year, or it should be. Do you know why? The more we get in God, the greater our life is. Amen? The mystery of human life. Take a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. God has a plan for your life. I've read this the last, last two Sundays. I'm going to read it again this Sunday. God has a plan for your life. You may not know what that plan is. You may not know the direction of that plan for your life. You may think you've got it figured out, but I promise you God's got a plan for your life and you need to trust in Him and know that He has put people around you to guide you and you need to listen to what they're saying. You need to listen to the direction and you need to follow after what God has laid out for your life. You need to follow the direction of God in your life. Take a look. I want to tell you, this is, this is strictly as a joke. Y'all please understand, this is strictly a joke. We called, I called my mom one day. This was after we had been at Coosa Valley for several years. And I called, I called my mom and, and uh, we, was we was calling about something totally different. And I called her and I said, hey, I need to talk to you real quick. It's very serious. And she said, okay, what is it? I said, um, I've just accepted another. This is a joke, y'all. I was talking to my mom and I said, I've accepted another church. She said, what? We're already an hour away from granddaughter, you know what I mean? It ain't about being close to us. It's being about close to granddaughter. She said, what? Where's it at? I said, it's uh, out of state. No, you're on. Nope. I said, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Church, we've got to realize and understand something. We've got to follow God's plan for our life. God is already, he knows, he knows who you are before you were even born. He knew that on January the 21st of 2024 at 1126 a.m. you would either be sitting in this house or you're joining us on live stream sitting on your couch, sitting in your car, sitting, uh, sitting on the in the recliner. I don't think anybody's sitting out on the back porch. They're sitting at the kitchen table drinking coffee, doing a puzzle, watching live stream. They're doing something like that. But God knew you would be here at this particular point in time. What we've got to realize and understand is God knew you before you was even born. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, look at what it says. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be the conformed into the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. What we've got to realize and understand is God has a plan for your life and that plan started all the way back into the book of Genesis in the beginning. God already knew the plan for your life. God already knew the direction you was going to go. God already knew the steps and the stages of your life. God already, God already had everything planned out. All we've got to do is trust and believe in Him. I, I wondered for years why God had me in certain places where I was at for the time that I was there, I've, I've often wondered why, why did God not just go ahead and, and put me in a different place where, I was, where he was going to end up having me at. As I hear at Coosa Valley as the pastor. I've often wondered that. You know what God revealed to me one day? It was called experience. It's called experience. I got, God wanted me to experience certain things before I got to where I'm at today. Many people don't want to get those experiences. They want to jump from here and they want to go all the way. I told the Sunday school class this morning. It's part of that lesson. What was it brought out? 
Many people, they call, they're called to preach. And I told about a phone call that I had. They want to, oh, I'm called to preach. What glory to God? God's going to send me to Metro. One of the biggest churches in the state of Alabama. That's not it. There is a thing called experience that we have to undergo. Last Sunday, we talked about man. We talked about the potter and the clay. How that God took a lump of clay and he uses that. Some is honorable use, some is dishonorable use. It's all in how we decide in our lives, are we going to follow what God has for us or not? One of the big aspects from last Sunday that we're building on this week that I want you to realize I'm bringing back up to you is to fulfill God's plan, God made a vessel. This is a vessel that God's made, and this vessel has three parts. This vessel has a body, a soul, and a spirit. A body, a soul, and a spirit. The vessel has three parts. Body, soul, and spirit. The body contacts and receives the things from the physical realm. The body contacts and receives the things for the physical realm. The soul. The soul is the mental faculty and contacts and receives the things from the psychological realm. That's our mental status. That's our mentality. That's where depression, anxiety, those things attack at. Into that area there. We've got to stand guard on that. Why? Because the last step of this is, the last part of this vessel is the human spirit. That's the innermost part. This was made to contact and receive God himself. Why? Because John chapter 4 verse 24 tells us that God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God has made us for a reason and a purpose. Last Sunday, the verses that we read, the the, the verses that we went through, it laid out something for us. And it showed us that God starts to work on the inside and works to the outside. Yesterday, Sister Carrie pulled some dishes out of the dishwasher. And there was a cup. There was a cup. Man, I should have brought that cup this morning. I'd have hated anybody to see how dirty the inside of that cup was. But we, oh, you, yeah, I know you've already washed it. I wanted to bring it before you washed it. Eh. Didn't think about it. But if you looked at the outside of that coffee cup, it was a coffee cup. It had already went through the dishwasher. The outside of that coffee cup looked clean. Didn't think, have a thing wrong with it. Outside of that coffee cup looked perfect. But once you looked inside that coffee cup, for whatever, it went through the dishwasher, folks. For whatever reason, it was nasty. It was dirty. It was filthy. The inside of that cup was nasty. Outside looked good, but the inside was very bad. Church, we've got to realize something using that as an analogy. The Holy Spirit, Brother Dan, can you turn gain down two notches or something? It's ringing up here on the stage. Holy Spirit begins to work on the spirit man innermost part. The Holy Spirit works on the inside. He works on the innermost part. Once the inner side, the inside starts to get right, things on the outside is starting to get better. Amen? The way you live your life, your actions, your attitude, the way you conduct yourself with others, that outside is going to line up with the inside. But the inside's got to start. I can clean the filthiest, dirtiest person up and make them look like a Christian. I can go get the town drunk. 
I can go get the town drunk. We'd give me about four hours with them. I can give them a shave. Got up, give them a nice shave. Get the pressure washer a hold of them and give them a good old bath. Put brand new clothes on them. Bring them and set them on that front row. I can train that person to say amen, hallelujah, glory to God, shout and everything. And there are people that will look at them and say, well, they must be glorified. They can leave here and go be a town drunk again. I can train anybody to look the part on the outside. Was it Six Flags one year? No joke. Was it Six Flags one year and we looked over and I seen some folks and I said, Whoa, they, they dressed holy. Had the long dress, the long, the long blue, y'all know what I'm talking about, the long blue jean skirts, the, all of that. A little later on in the day, happened to be they were standing right behind us in one of the lines of the rides. The ride got shut down and we, we had to stand there for a few minutes. They was doing some repair work and that made me feel really good about riding it. <sighs> Happened to turn around and look and start, I can't hear worth a flip. I have to read lips. Happened to turn around and look and I started reading lips and I thought, Woo, I got to wash my eyeballs out. I got to make sure I'm reading this right. So you know what I did? Yes, exactly what I did. I, I, I started moving a little closer. I wanted to hear it from myself. Man, that was some of the awfulest language coming out of those folks. Let me tell you something. It does not matter what the outside looks like. The inside has got to change. And once the inside changes, the outside is going to follow. Hello? Amen? The Holy Spirit begins to work on the spirit, the innermost part of mankind. He's going to work through the soul of man, the mind. The Holy Spirit's going to work through the mind. There's a bat look. There's a battle going on in the mind of many Christians. There's a battle going on in the mind of many church folks. There's a battle going on in our mindsets. You look at the things that's going on in the world today. You look at gas prices. You look at milk and, 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 and bread prices. You look at these things. It's enough to make a battle go on in your mind. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? How are we going to feed our kids? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make the house payment? How are we going to make the car payment? It's enough to make a battle go on in your mind. I'm going to tell you something. When we turn it all over to God, it's less of me, more of Him. God's going to take care of the things like that in our lives. He continues to work on as He's working through the Holy Spirit, works through the, the spirit of mankind, the innermost part. He works through the soul of man. That's the mindset of man. Of, of mankind, and he continues to work on the body, the physical part of man. I'm going to tell you something. People may not like it, and I really don't give a flip. You cannot dress like the world and think you're going to get a shout from God. I'm not telling you what to wear. I'm telling you, it's got to be a modest apparel. That's what the Bible says. Too many times you'll watch, you'll watch this, this particular church service, you watch that particular church on TV, you'll go to this particular thing and you see these folk. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not trying to knock folks, but I'm going to tell you something. That does bring a form of your fruit out to those around you. They are seeing what you're exposing, and I'm telling you, it turns people off. It turns God off. 
Is everybody with me? Who's mad at me yet? Man, the outside is going to line up with the inside. Amen? It's going to happen. There is no way around it. It's going to take place. But we've got to realize something. Before man could receive God as, as life into his spirit, sin had entered into mankind. Sin had entered into man, and there's got to be a cleansing to allow the Holy Spirit to move back in. Take a look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Brother Andy, none of what you said is scriptural. I'm fixing to show you everything I've said is based on the Word of God. Too many times people will take something, they'll take a scripture, they'll twist it around and make it mean what they want it to mean. I'm telling you, church, you need to get into the Word of God yourself and find out what thus saith the Word of God. Man's fall. Man, before mankind could receive God as life into his spirit, sin had entered in. Romans 5 and 12 tells us this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, death through sin, and so death spread to all man, all because of sin. All persons have sinned. Man, woman, boy, and girl, sin has been in your life in one way, shape, form, or fashion. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then you don't understand my life. You don't understand the things that's going on in my life. You don't understand the things I face. You don't understand the life I've lived. I am so far gone that God cannot save me. That is nothing but a lie straight from hell. You are not far so far gone that God cannot save. You are not so far gone that God cannot reach. You are not so far gone that God cannot bring deliverance into your life. Sin deadened mankind's spirit because sin entered in the spirit of man has now been deadened has now gone through a form of spiritual death Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 tells us and you were dead and you were dead in the trespasses and in sin when sin has come in that's brought spiritual death we go back into the book of Genesis and we find where Adam and Eve were told Adam was told Go back and read the scripture. Adam was told, do not eat of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden. Eve is there at the, at the tree. The serpent says, oh, God told you you, didn't have, you can't touch or eat of it. Do you see the twist in the scripture? Do you see the twist that the devil tries to throw on things? The devil is going to twist the word of God to make it, to make it tickle into your ears. The scripture tells us in the last days that man is going to be searching after those that will tickle their ears. I don't need tickling ears. I don't want you touching my ears. I don't want man's words nowhere near. I want the word of God going into my life. Amen? Colossians chapter 1 verse 21. Reading again Ephesians chapter 2. I know Colossians 1, 21 is on the screen. Leave it there. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses of your sin. Your sin has made you an enemy of God in your mindset. God will not save me. God does not want me. God does not love me. God does not care for me. God wants nothing in my life. If God loved me, these are things that goes through people's minds. These are things that goes through people's hearts. Your sin 
has made you an enemy of God in your own mindset. Colossians chapter 1, 21 says, You once were alienated and hostile in the man, in the mind doing evil deeds. Your sinful flesh wanted to do the pleasures of life. I'll tell you, I've, I've been told a Christian cannot have fun. You ain't been around me much. I love to have fun. I love to have a good time. I love, I love, I love when, I love it when it's warmer weather outside. I love having fun. Christians can have fun. But when mankind allows this body to go into that sinful flesh and allows the sinful flesh to take over on our lives, the Bible tells us, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, The Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. So many people think, so many people think, Oh, I've got time to get right with God. I'm young. I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm young. Everything's good. I've got a lot of time to get life, my life right with God. I'm going to tell you something. I know that I'm 44. It seems like just yesterday I was 18 years old. My evil little daughter. Something was being said about old and I asked her, I said, well, exactly, what is old? First thing out of, you are. You ever heard the saying, you're young as you, as you feel. There's times I feel a whole lot older than 44 years old. But I want, us to real, I want you to think about this really quickly. You can ask every person in here, no matter their age, I know this won't embarrass her, so I'm going to say it. Sister Minnie, I believe, biologically speaking, you're the oldest person in here, but you're probably the youngest in here too. The youngest acting, the youngest in character. She is 90 plus. Right? <laughs> I guess I hold I am. You don't think you're there yet? How young do you feel? Because it's cold outside. How old does your mind think you are in your 20s? That ain't there you go. All that being said, Life feed, she said she feels like, you know, in her mind, she doesn't feel like she's young, but her mind feels like it's 19. Sister Minnie, does it feel like, does it feel like just last week or two weeks ago or just a little while ago that you was, that you really was 19? She said, I don't know how I got to the age I am. It happened too fast. The point's been made. The point has been made. You can ask any person in here, no matter if they're, if they're in their 80s, their 70s, no matter if they're Alana's age. Alana, how old are you? 25, 35? Seven? 
Nah. Ten? Nah. You're 20, I think. No matter how old or how young somebody is, it seems like it's just been a few weeks ago that you was at a, a much younger age. It seems like things happened just a few weeks ago, just a little bit of time ago. That shows us right there, time is just a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for your life. What we've got to realize and understand is that the, the Bible tells us in, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible tells us my spirit will not abide in man forever. You better grab a hold of God while he's there tugging at the heartstrings. You need to grab a hold of God while he's there tugging. Why? Because Romans chapter 6 and verse 12 tells us, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. I want you to understand something. I'm following after the desires and the will that God has for my life, not after what I might think I want, what I might think needs to go on in my life, what I think needs to happen in my life. We all need to follow what God has laid out in our lives. Sin has damaged all three of the parts of man. We just read these verses. We've looked at this. All Three parts of the vessel of man has been damaged by sin. The body, the soul, and the spirit. Sin alienates man from God. In this condition, man cannot receive God. In that sinful condition, with our back turned from God, God is there with an outstretched arm, arm saying, I'm here to pick you up. I'm here, here to lift you up. I'm here to carry you forward. But man has turned its back on God. Why? Because of the pleasures of sin. But there is a redemption in Christ Jesus, the Son of God. There is redemption. Take a look. John chapter 1, verse 1. As you're turning there, you need to understand something. Man's fall did not deter God from fulfilling His original plan. I've said this for years. If you do not pick up the plan that God has for your life, if you're not taking out and carrying out the will of God for your life, if you're not doing what God's called you to do, God is going to have His plan taken care of. God is going to remove and put somebody there that's going to fulfill God's plan for that position and for your life. You know, they're, they're all the time they're talking about, I've read these stories, I've read these I've read these things on social media. I've read news reports. I've read all of these things. Somebody retires. If somebody retires from their job at work, they've already got somebody, their employment has already got somebody put into that place to carry that job forward. You're replaceable in that job. You're replaceable in that field. I'm going to tell you something. If God's called you to teach a Sunday school class and you're saying, well, I'm just going to sit back and let somebody else do it for a while. I'll do it. I'll do it eventually. I'll do it down the road. I'll do it eventually. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to raise somebody else to put into that Sunday school class. God's going to put somebody else there. Why? Because God wants people reached. God wants people touched. And God's going to put people there to make sure that it happens. God, Man's fall will not deter God's original plan for being fulfilled in your life. It's your choice whether or not you're going to follow after the plan of God or you're going to let somebody else pick up that mantle and move forward. In order to accomplish God's plan, God first 
became man. That man was called Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We must understand that in order to show us a better way, in order to guide us in the plan that God has for our lives, in order to help us along in the steps that God has for our life, God had a better plan. Nobody brought a chicken or a turtle dove this morning, did you? Nobody brought pigeons or a lamb to make a sacrifice on, the, on an altar. We don't, have a, we don't have an altar sitting in here to burn sacrifices on. I don't have a fire pit here to burn sacrifices on. Why? Because God had a better plan. God had a better purpose for our lives. Do you think life is hard now? Do you think life is hard now? Do you know why I believe one of the many reasons why I believe that God wanted the Old Testament, why God wanted the Leviticus to be put into the Bible for us to read so that we see the things they had to do and we need to appreciate what we don't have to do and what we can do. I don't have to go through somebody to get to the throne room of God. I can go boldly to the throne room of God. I have a direct advocate with the Father. That is through the cross of Jesus Christ where Jesus died on that cross. I have a way to the Father. It's not just one time a year. It's not just one time. I can go to the Father. I have a better way. Why? Because God sent His only begotten Son to become flesh and to dwell among you and I. We've seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, and He was fully man. Do you know how I know He was fully man? He died on a cross for our sins. He died. His heart quit beating. His, his, his lungs quit expanding and bringing in air. They pierced Him and drained the blood out of His, out of his body. He was dead. They took Him off of the cross. They wrapped that body. They wrapped that body and they put it in a borrowed tomb. They put it in a borrowed grave. Do you know why it was borrowed? Because he only needed it for just a couple of days. He was just going to be there for three days. He didn't need it for a long time. He just wanted it for, he just needed it for just three short days. During that time, during that time, I firmly believe that there was a battle going on. Just like there's one right now going on in the heavenlies for many people's souls. There's a battle going on. There was a battle went on that day. And you know what? That day he went into hell and he got the keys of death, hell and the grave. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of the life that we're living. We don't have to be afraid of what's down the road. Why? Because I trust and depend on him. He has got me. He's going to lead me through this life. Christ died on the cross to redeem Mankind, Ephesians chapter 1 verse, Brother Andy, you sure are giving a lot of verses this morning. I sure am. I'm telling you, I want you to go back and I want you to read these verses. I want you to study it for yourself. I want you to look into the Word of God. I want you to dig into this because I'm going to tell you something. You don't need to take my word for it, Brother Andy. Oh, Brother Andy, you can't say that. You're the pastor. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to dig into the Word of God yourself. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 tells us this. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. His grace will never run out. Many times our bank accounts run out. Many times the gas tank runs out and you're thinking, Woo, I got fumes. I hope I can make it to the next gas station. I'm going to tell you something. His grace will never run out. His grace is sufficient for all of our needs. His grace will supply. His grace is sufficient for our lives. All we've got to do is trust in Him. The redemption of His blood into our lives. What does His riches do? His riches takes away the sin of mankind. John chapter 1 verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You think about that. How many people are living on planet earth right now, this very second, this very day? How many people is living here right now? His blood was sufficient for all of the sin of mankind. Not just today, but yesterday, the day before, last week. Think about all the people who have ever lived since the beginning of time until right now. His blood was enough. To cover a multitude of sin. People ask me, why do you get excited? Why do you get happy? Hello? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away not just my sin, but all of our sins. The sin of the entire world. I'm so thankful for the Lamb of God. Amen? He took away the sin of all mankind. And he brings man back to God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We all have had a time that we was far off. You look at the story of the prodigal son. How the prodigal son, there was a time... He, was, he said, I know, what I, I know what I need to do. I know, I know how to live my life. I know what needs to be next. I know what I need to do. I know what's going on. I know what's going to happen. So he wakes up one morning, Brother Bob, and he went to Daddy, and he said, all right, Daddy, I know I get X amount of money as my inheritance. Hand it on over. Hand it on over. Inheritance was given prior to death in that time. There's some that's got their hands out. <laughs> the prodigal son, he goes to daddy and he says, I know how to live my life better than I can living under your roof. And so I want what I, is coming to me and I'm taking it with me. Go on, skip on down a few verses and what does it say? Once the prodigal son, he had squandered all that he had. It didn't last very long. It didn't last long at all. Next thing you know, he's looking himself up and he's picking himself out, up out of a pig pen. He was a Jew, and guess what? Pigs was nasty. The pigs are nasty. I don't know. I wouldn't be. Granny had pigs. I was on the outside of the pig pen. I wasn't getting in that pig pen. 
the bucket got, we was out there feeding the pigs one day, and the bucket got locked, uh, we dropped the bucket, pouring, pouring the feed in the feeding trough, dropped the bucket, and Granny said, go in there and get that, get that bucket. Mm, I'll go find another bucket. That's nasty in there. This prodigal son, he lifted himself up in a pigsty. He's in a pig pen. He's eating from the trough of a pig. And he says this. He says, even my dad's servants live better than this. I can go home and be the lowest of the servants and have a better life than what I've got right now. Boy, that's what, that, 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 that realization is what happens whenever a sinner says, I know there's got to be something better in my life. There's got to be something better for my life. There's got to be a better way of living my life. There's got to be something different in my life. I, ha I can live better. And you know what he was doing? He's trying to find the answers everywhere he could. It's just like folks today. They're trying to find their answers in the bottom of a, bo of a beer bottle. They're trying to find their answers in drugs. They're trying to find their answers in, in cigarettes. They're trying to find their answers in this addiction. They're trying to find their answers over here, over here, over there. And they're never going to find their answers in those directions. They're only going to find their answer back with God. I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, you're going to face weird things. As a Christian, you're going to face difficulties. You're going to face circumstances. You're going to face hardships. You're going to face trials. But it's so much better knowing that at the end of the day, you're on the winning side. It's so much better knowing even though I'm going through the heartaches, even though I'm going through trials, even though I'm going through tribulation, even though I'm going through problems, even though I'm going through headache, you're going through a thing that's called life. Four letters, L-I-F-E. Did I spell that right? Y'all know I'm terrible at spelling. I have been, I've been focusing all morning, L-I-F-E, L-I-F-E, L-I-F-E. I was fixing to spell it L-I-V-E. L-I-F-E, L-I-F-E. I'm just glad I didn't have to spell Deuteronomy. No. Every one of us goes through a thing called life. It's how you allow God to work through that life. That's what matters. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. Get up, dust it off, and move forward with God. Amen? Last thought. His resurrection. I'm ending right here. We know that Jesus was 100% man. We know that. He died on a cross. But then how do you know he died? We have faith that the word of God is the truth. Amen? What God said in the word of God, we know that that is the truth. What we've got to realize and understand is knowing that's the truth. We know that he was, that he was man because he died on the cross, but we know he was God because he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. That's how we know he was truly God. In his resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. 1 Corinthians, last verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Thus it is written, the first man, 
Adam became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, became the life-giving Spirit. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what distractions you're going through this morning. I don't know what circumstances you're going through in your life. I don't know the hardship. I don't know the pain. I don't know the agony that you're facing. I don't have to know. But I know the one that does know. And the one that can make a difference in your life. Whatever the ailment, the physical ailment may be that's facing, that your body is facing, God has the answer. He says, I am the great physician. Whatever your mindset is going through, depression, anxiety, despair, agony, defeat, all of those things is attacking the mind, the distractions of life, all of those things you do not need to allow. You do not have to allow those chains to hold you down. God says, I can break those. He can take care of the mind and take one step further. He can take care of the spirit. He sent his Holy Spirit to be a comfort and a guide for us, for our spirit. He is the life-giving spirit. He was sent to guide us and to lead us in a better way. The Holy Spirit will go before us. He will come behind us. We just have to trust in him. We have to depend on him. Amen? Would you stand all over the house this morning? Live feed, thank you so much for joining with us. Join us back Wednesday at 6.30 for Bible study. May God bless you. Amen and amen.